Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Yes, let's have our seats. Thank you. Thank you, uh, the worship team. Thank you, the worship team. Okay, so by the grace of God, we will start a series. And uh, I titled it, What You Should Know Before You Get Married. And I did it deliberately because most of us are not yet married. So most of my discussion will be on relationship before marriage and when you are married. We're going probably little, but we're not going to discuss most of things uh, well, I say post-marriage, yes, because scriptures also discuss that. For example, those like widows, widowers, like uh, that's even those who are then um, also uh, divorced, separated. Yes, scriptures also was clear concerning those kinds of uh, things. They happen actually. God hates divorce, but it happened, and the Bible actually addresses it. Amen. And we're not going to dwell more of uh, post-marital issues, but we're going to discuss more of pre- and marital issues. And we are going to be doing the study ourselves. That is, we don't have a media team today helping us with scripture, so we're going to read our Bibles. Amen. I love that because I love people reading their Bible by themselves. Hallelujah. So let me begin by giving an outline of what we will cover. I hope so. I, you know, issues of marriage is really overwhelming because of the problems we have today. We will be covering first and foremost foundation of marital problems. When I was going through this, I thought I would just flip it, but I discovered that we will need to lay a very solid foundation if the other teachings will really be very wonderful. This is very key. When I was going through uh, the preparation of this uh, work, then we will look at uh, why marriage was instituted, why marriage was instituted, I hope to cover this in probably two weeks uh, of our meetings. Then we will look at some of the attributes required for a successful marriage. Now, I use the word some because we cannot exhaust all, but I'm going to discuss uh, some critical ones, very important, which uh, most times is brushed away. You know, most times when we watch these movies and all those things, you understand, there's a way they, they just make like see everything is just, is just rosy, rosy, you understand? You hold the hand on the beside the beach, you are my tantalizing, you are my sugar, my honey, my honeycomb, you understand? But without touching some critical aspect, we're going to look at that. Then we will look at model 
for Christians, I use this word very important. I mean, carefully here. Because we have marriages outside. Uh, that is, there are no Christian marriages. So I'm talking about model for Christian uh, for Christians in marriage or model for Christian marriage. Anyway, anyhow you want to call it. And then we will probably, by the grace of God, end up with a lot of questions and answers. And I want to say from the beginning that uh, please, there are a lot of questions. If you ask me, I won't answer because I don't know. The reason is because if the Bible didn't clarify it, I can't be able to say anything about it. I have learned over the years to stop where the word of God stops. Hallelujah. So, and if the word of God is silent about it, I don't have anything to say. <laughs> Amen. So, uh, foundation of marital problems. So, I, I want to start by maybe let me hear from us. And uh, what and what and what do you think actually have been causing problems in marriage before we even start? <laughs> Amen. Yes, I want to hear. Yes. Okay, selfishness. Okay, selfishness. Is there any other thing again? Yes. Poor communication, poor communication, selfishness, poor communication. Is there any other thing? Oh, assumption, adultery, assumption. Oh, that links to probably poor communication. Then that means the person will be running on assumption. <laughs> yes, my brother. Eh? Okay, trust issues like... Okay, they don't trust each other. Yes. Poor preparation. Poor preparation. Yes, do we have any other? Well, we have exhausted them. Eh? Money. Money. Hallelujah. Yes. <laughs> eh? Okay, false teaching. <laughs> That's interesting. Maybe that's why we are taking this study again. Amen. Well, permit me because we, we are going to, I find it very, very important for us to dive into the word so much. And please, I might not do a lot of uh, some gymnastics. You understand? So permit me because I believe that we need to find so much from the word first before we start. You will make it. You will make it. Hallelujah. <laughs> Amen. So it's very important. Okay. Let's begin from Romans. I hope somebody was not expecting me to start reading from Sons of Solomon. Amen. Yes, let's start from Romans. Please open your Bibles. We're going to, as I said, we're going to read... We're going to read a lot, and that, uh, that will be fine. In case there is maybe an additional mic, that will, be, that will be helpful. If the media team will help me with another mic, maybe some people can also help me, because since we are recording, I think they need to hear 
Okay, okay. Thank you. Thank you, sir. Thank you, sir. So Romans chapter 15 verse 4. Let's go there. Fifteen verse four. Amen. For whatsoever was written in the former days, aforetimes in the past, they were written for our learning. They were written for our instructions that through endurance or the comfort of scriptures and encouragement of the scriptures, he said, we might have hope. So, what I suggest is that, please note some of these things I am trying to point out. Nothing in the Bible or in the Word of God or that has been written aforetime is to us. Are we together? It was written for what? For us. And that's why he said those things that are written aforetime, they were written for our learning. Are we together? They were written for us. And this suggests that we are not the original recipient of those words, of those written words. Are we together? Therefore, we, are, we have a responsibility to understand all scriptures for our learning, including even the parts we may not like. You know, there are parts that a lot we don't like. How many of us have, have read... Uh, Zafanea in recent time. <laughs> Amen. Okay, what about those scriptures that said, and that begat that, and that begat that, and that begat that, and that begat that, begat that. Have you read those passages before? That you cover two pages, three pages, four pages, they are just talking about names. This begat this, or this born this, and this born that. How do you normally feel when you are reading it? <laughs> you, you, you used to wonder, what exactly, why would they even put this in the beginning? Amen? But they have said everything that was written beforehand, they were written for our learning. So even if we didn't like it, but we have to study it because there is something in there for us. Amen? Now, a person does not need to marry to be well informed about marriage. Please, this is very important. Yes, you do not need to be married to be well informed about marriage. So that means you don't have to wait until you are married to know about marriage. That would be disastrous. What makes a person have sound knowledge about marriage is not first and foremost experience. The best teachers of scriptures or the best teachers of marriage in scriptures, Jesus and Paul were not married. 
So that's to say that revelation about issues of marriage transcend issue of experience. It has to do with deep revelation from the person who instituted it. And this is why we have to be humble. You know, there's a way, you know, generally man likes something he earned. You understand what I'm saying? You know, most times when they said, they call, they say, he is 40 years in marriage. You understand? He has something for us. You know, there's a way your head will be big. But it's very important and very ins instructive to know that no matter the years of experience in marriage, we will always have what? A lot to learn. So marriage is an institution of learning. Marriage is an institution of learning. You cannot learn enough. It's an institution of learning. So before and in marriage, we must continue to learn. We must unlearn. We must relearn. It's a journey of learning. You relearn, you unlearn, you learn again. You will not succeed in marriage if you are not teachable. So let's start even from there. If you are proud, you are not teachable, it's a recipe for failure in marriage. So for some of us who already we have seen that attribute now, you understand, we are already not teachable even currently. You already know that now is already a time bomb. Because marriage is meant for people who are humble, teachable. Because you're going to be learning a lot. You'll be surprised. The one you said you know, you'll be surprised. Even the person you want to marry, the person does not even know all about himself. In fact, he doesn't know much about himself. So how can you say that I know him or I know her? So that means there's a lot of learning to do. Amen. So it's very important that we take that to heart right from this stage that you cannot or is going to be impossible to succeed in marriage as God desires without a teachable heart. Hallelujah. Okay. Normally a person have sound knowledge of marriage if he or she is married for a long time. That's how we expect. It's, it's normal. That's how we expect. Unfortunately, that is not always the case. I tell you the truth. When I was to get married, some older people who are 30, 40 years came to me. They said, my son, I am giving you this advice. <laughs> what I tell you is Sembe. <laughs> so I just heard them to respect them as elders. You know, sounds honor. But as it was getting here, it's coming out from the other ear. May I even tell you that many people's marriages got into problem because of older people. 
So what we're trying to say is that the issue of knowledge about marriage is not just a matter of experience. We have many people who have been enduring in marriage and not really enjoying it. In fact, in Africa, most of our marriages stayed because they were just staying. They say, I am staying because of my children. And many women, yes, they have told me that. I'm just staying here because of my children. You see, what was keeping them to have those number of years, it wasn't even the marriage itself. It was because of children. Hallelujah. Okay. So I just gave an instance of a person who has secured an admission into school and never studied and doesn't attend classes, but plays around, goes for parties, always hanging out like a tourist. That type of person would actually learn little or nothing to make him succeed as a student. No matter how long the person stays in school. But of course, he's staying in school. And truly, even in this island, we have many people who have been here hanging around school for 10 years. But if they speak, <laughs> you actually wonder. In fact, some of them, if you ask them to write something, you will be surprised you will cry. So what we're trying to say is that just the same way we can have, so sir, can you open these scriptures for us? It's possible to have somebody who has hung around either in school, for example, now we're talking about marriage in this case. He can, the person can hang around, I mean, he be in marriage for a long period of time, but he has not learned anything. Or she has just been carrying and enduring many troubles. So, Yes, sir. Job chapter 32. Job 32, 8 to 10. Okay. Uh-huh. Okay. Mm-hmm. Did you hear that? What? So, it's not by gray here. They are not always wise. Yes, sir. Amen? Okay, of course, this is L.U. So what we're trying to say is that it's not that you, you, when you see a person with gray hair, so he has wisdom. You know, those, those sayings, they used to say that what an, uh, an elder uh, saw sitting down, even you, when you climbed on top of an Iroko tree, you will not see. That's if a, that elder is a wise elder. <laughs> You know, one of my brothers just said that if you see an old fool, what just suggests to you is that that old fool has, has been an, an old fool that is a boy. He was a boy that was fool. Now the fool has grown and has gray hairs. Hallelujah. So, Wisdom and knowledge should be a function of age and experience, but that's not always the case. We become wise when we practice the word of God. Please, this is very important. That this definition is critical. We have to define wisdom because this day they say, be wise, be wise. But what are they actually saying? 
you know, sack. During my IT days, during, you know, those days that you used to go for industrial attachment scheme, I was attached to one company. And each time in the company, it's a Christian organization. So you, you, we, we normally have devotion every morning before we start work in the sun. So that day, the director of the company was the one to lead the, 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 the devotion in the sun. So she came, she started, she opened, opened the scripture, the story of uh, Abraham when he was going to Egypt. And so she was trying to say that, you see, you have to be wise. When Abraham was going to Egypt, eh, he lied. Just, uh, he lied to survive. He lied so that he can spare his life. There's nothing wrong about that. <laughs> they call it white lies. That's what my brother said. They call it white lies. And she was, she was speaking with all seriousness, with all of her heart. I said, Jesus. <laughs> so I was just imagining the children of that woman. <laughs> Hallelujah. Now, so what we're trying to say is that we have to define what wisdom is. Please drop 28, 28. Actually, this is, of course, we have one in James, but I don't want us to go there because this one just give me a snapshot. Uh, Job 28, 28. Yes, sir. Mm -hmm. The fear of the Lord, that is wisdom. And to depart from evil, that is understanding. If there is any scripture I love, is this one that defines clearly what wisdom is. So if you are doing anything that has a taint of evil, that is foolishness. You lack understanding. Hallelujah. Okay. So, just like you said, marital problems, as we have mentioned all, can be broadly grouped into the following. I don't think, but almost every marital problem falls into one or two of these. Either around faith issues, for example, if you marry someone who is not born again, understand? It has created a faith problem. Or when both of you are not, you, you have not come to alignment doctrinally. Doctrine has separated some marriages. So it has to still fall under faith issues. You understand? Doctrine. That's why we have advised people to be able to clarify doctrines before getting into marriage. There are many things that seems controversial. Seems controversial. They are not, but it seems controversial. Speaking in tongues, wearing of trousers, earrings, you understand? Name them. Putting a wig, you understand? And many other churches don't do that. You understand? And so, the person you might be having a relationship with can be from another denomination and who have held certain things which the person has been taught, it has to be clarified. 
But we have seen that many people just jump. I love you. I love you. Oh, 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 oh. when I see you, I see paradise. You, know? <laughs> you see? So, so we jump and we, we, we normally forget. We normally forget. <laughs> Hallelujah. So it's very important in the time to clarify faith issues or follow God's order. Yes, money issues, we have talked about issue of finances. You know something? No, eh, eh, no, no, everybody should have his account. Everybody should have his account. You see, I told people, it's not a matter of account. If you like, have different accounts. <laughs> so this is one of the serious, a big problem that actually have destroyed marriage. So we have a number of problems from here. And many of our, what some of us have said, we can put it under here. Greed and so many issues. So wealth, other issues, greed, or you can put it all some of it around that place. Then the issue of sex. This is what the church have not done so much to really inform us correctly. And the world really have, hmm, the world have really bastardized this. Really, really. I'm telling you. So, again, we have many things. Infidelity, you can put it here. Just like my brother have said, adultery and so many of those issues. And even lack of satisfaction. Yes, in the home, when there is no satisfaction in sex, it has created tension and tension. And all we can put it here. In this time, we can put it here. So many have actually move out to start looking for something outside. Uh, I just say something. So <laughs> because of areas around this. Then we have uh, children issues. You know, um, uh, uh, you know, these days, if you are coming from <coughs> Africa, you know, your mentality is different, especially uh, about children. So, so many of us don't discuss this. We just come into the marriage and just, uh, in your head, you are carrying, I need five children. And your wife-to-be your wife is thinking, no, once I have two, it's okay. Now, none of you talked about it, and you just jump and enter, you understand? And she have one, two, and say, glory to God. <laughs> and you, you are just starting off. <laughs> that has caused a lot of marriages. So it's, it's, it's part of it. Then we have relationships, you understand, with our in-laws, with our, many things like that. Even within themselves and also communication problem. You know, <laughs> we're going to look at it when we come in the subsequent teachings. Man is a relational being. Unfortunately, because of sin, we have a lot of problems. Again, people have not learned. And the church is a place to learn this thing. Relationship, communication. You understand? Some of us are running away. We just want to live alone. You understand? I told one of our, 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 our um, some brethren, I said, you understand, being in a group always is important because you get provoked in the church. That's important. You understand? After all, if there is nothing inside, nothing will be provoked. So they are helping you to get what is inside. So don't be, they provoke me. Of course. <laughs> of course, if they provoke you, that means something is inside. That's why they provoke you. Man of God, if you didn't eat from the air, if I come, I hit you, I hit your stomach, whoop, and the air come. No, 
it's only what you ate that I will see out. So if what is inside is there and people brought it out, please be thanking them. Don't say they provoke me. <laughs> so what, what am I trying to say? I am trying to say that here, the church is a good place for us to learn communication and to learn relationship. You see, you cannot be, let me make an example. You can't be the leader of this church as a head pastor leading this kind of a people, complex people like this, and ensure things worked out and you fail in marriage. It's not possible. <laughs> no, no, no. Sincerely speaking, and that, that also applies to any of the subunits. You can't be an excellent leader knowing how to relate with people, to communicate with them, you understand? To, to gather them together, you understand? And you expect that you will be in marriage with one person and you cannot gather him. How? Or you cannot gather her? You see the problem? So some of us, when God is bringing us to leadership, is bringing us actually to, to some of the greatest opportunities and privileges. And it's for this reason. Amen. Well, while we have looked at all this marital problem, and sincerely, I must be sincere with you, these are many of the problems that are being shared in many of the uh, uh, seminars, training, and all that. You understand? But I want to suggest to you that this is not the foundation of marital problem. And because this is a problem that we have, just like my sister said, that the teachings have not yet gotten deep. Because we stay at the periphery and just think that these are the problems that causes the marital fall or marital problems. These are not. I can see some people are shocked. <laughs> Hallelujah. I just hope that's why I, even if, it's very important that we lay this foundation because it's going to help us in the subsequent teaching. I, I hope, even if we're not going to finish it, you understand, we will leave it, we will continue next week. You understand? But please, let's go because we are going to go now into the main demand. Hallelujah. Okay, we want to see what the foundation of marital problems are. Okay. Now, just like I have already alluded, that many of our seminars just stays on that. But this is some of the questions I was asking. We have a lot of this, both online, online, face-to-face, -face, you understand? I think many of us have countless seminars about marriage that we have attended. You understand? And yet, you see, an average believer, we still have problems with relationships, just like I've mentioned. The question is why? I have seen, sir, in this generation, that's the truth, and I've made a number of them. If I will ask us here, even those of us that are looking at me, you understand? Many of us cannot keep a relationship for just three months. We have entered, you come back. Enter, you get out. Your heart was break, was broken. <laughs> wow. 
And then until it was PCC. Everywhere in your heart is stitches. <laughs> because up to now, you have entered up to, you are, some of us are not just up to 30, we, are, we have more than 17 relationships. <laughs> and it's still counting because we don't know when you will marry. We don't know. We, we, we don't know. Why? That's the thing. Why? Yet, you have attended many trainings. <laughs> and we can see most of us have known. In fact, for some of us, we are product of these marital problems. And that is why it's important that please you pay attention. Because some of us are still facing the heat up to today. And I don't want you to repeat the mistakes of the past. And so that's why you have to pay attention. So the weakness of these several distance is that it has failed to address the foundation of marital problems. Because until you touch the foundation, you have not touched the solution. Until you have touched the foundation, you have not touched the solution. The foundation of these problems. Okay, let's begin from Genesis and lay some foundation. Yes, sir. I will need you here again, sir. Genesis chapter... 1 verse 26, Genesis 1, 26. Mm. Yes, yes. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay, stop there. Now, you see, Genesis chapter 1 is not to be read in isolation from Genesis 2. The account of creation did not finish in Genesis chapter 1. Some of us have read it that way. Are we together? Okay, sir, read Genesis chapter 2, verse 7. We're going to jump some of those scriptures, you understand, but I'm going to establish some few things there. Just follow me. Yes, sir. Yes. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yes, verse 15 to 25. To 25. Hmm. Mm 
Okay, so go back to verse 28 to 31 of chapter 1. Yes. Hmm. Hmm. Amen. That is how to reach that creation account. So don't leave the part that was, it's not another event that happened in chapter 2. Are we together? So when God saw that all he had made was good, that's, we read it in verse 31 of chapter 1 of Genesis, it included the account in Genesis chapter 2. And what is those account? We have read it. So the creation of man, we have seen it, this one, that's the inner man, the spirit, man. We saw it in chapter 1. Are we together? Which we read here. In Genesis chapter 1, the formation of their containers, the body, and the marriage itself, in chapter 2, we just read it. Are we together? We are completed on the sixth day before God rested on the what? On the seventh day. I want you to note this. That's very important. So you should know that the marriage took place and everything was artful, you understand? And then God now said, verse 31, ah, all that I have made is good. That's including the marriage. Are we together? <laughs> Hallelujah. Yes. So, notice Notice Adam's body was made first. We shall see the implication of this letter and subsequent teaching. There's something this communicates to us, and we're going to find out. Why was Adam made first? Why is it that God didn't just make their body just the same way like we, we, was, we are told they were created, you understand? Male and female. But then we saw that in the formation of their body, there is a space of time. Adam first, then the woman second. Why? We're going to see it. And Adam and Eve were to dominate and to be stewards of God's creation. We read it in verse 28. And God blessed them. Please note that. We used to read it and we don't. And God blessed them. Not God blessed him. He blessed them. Are we together? Yes. So, Adam's works was essentially Eve's work. They were, or they are to be partners. Are we together? See, 
I'm going to, God will really help us because there are a lot of doctrine that we are going to, <coughs> we are going to dive into that God will really have to help us. I'm just trusting that all of us are students because if you're a student, it's going to be interesting because you're, I'm going to provoke you to go and study. I hope what I will provoke is not uh, annoyance because that will tell me that that is what is into you. Amen. So first, I want you to note this. Please, this statement is very crucial here. I don't want to go ahead of myself before we are coming to at peace in the kitchen. Adam's work was essentially if work. God blessed them and commanded them. They were to be stewards together. They were to dominate the earth together. They were to subdue it together. Are we together? Amen. Okay. So I want us to read this. Yes, let's read. I think we can get, we can get to that. That will be interesting. Yes, sir. Genesis chapter 3, from verse 1 to the end. Please, we are students of scriptures, and we must get to the bottom of the problem. Because we want to know what is the foundation of marital problem. Yes, sir. Yes. Mm. And you shall eat the house of peace. Mm. In the 
Amen. Okay. So, we've seen man disobeyed God. After being made the steward and the one who should command things happen. But now, he disobeyed God. And so, man's disobedience separated him from God. And uh, God's authority... And God's goodness. And he went into darkness. We saw that the, the, the scripture says where we read that the day you eat this, you will die. Um, this is just, I'm just trying to give a recap. So we're not going deeply into most of that study. The man of God and others will take us on the study of many things about uh, sin, which also we are taking it in the uh, cells, in our cell groups. So we see that a man fell into ignorance, shame, guilt, fear, hardship, meaningless, purposelessness that you see. And this is actually the reason of a lot of problems, suicide and many of things. Somebody will just sit down and just lack meaning. He will just not see meaning in life. Now it's a product of this fall of man. And what we see is that the consequences of the first man disobedience was passed to us. We read it in uh, Romans chapter 5, verse 12, that all sin passed to the world through one man. Are we together? Then man sins, failing to the deception of Satan through the woman. I want us to note this also, that he was, he fell or Man fell into sin was through the woman. When I mean man, both of them. Are we together? But the question is that, why did Satan go to the woman and not the man? Why did Satan go to the woman and not the man? Amen? So, but first, we have understood that they fell, and we see that all of us have inherited the problem until Christ came to help us out. Um, I want us to read, this is just few, so I want us to read this. We have uh, 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 time. Just, just few verses. First Timothy chapter 2. Why did the Satan went to the woman and not the man? Yes, sir. Yes. Okay. Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. Okay. 
Okay, sir. So you, you just stay there because you helped me uh, read again. Now, God has set a structure in marriage, what we call organogram. Like, for example, here, we have a structure in this church. We have the pastors, we have the leaders, you understand, and on and on. Are we together? Now, there's a structure in marriage, and in the order, man was put as the leader. Just like we have Pastor Fred as our leader, you understand, here in this church. In the marriage, then, Man was the leader. He was not the ruler, remember? He was not to dominate the woman. Remember that in verse 28 of Genesis chapter 1, we saw that, that both of them were to dominate, subdue the earth. The Bible didn't say that Adam should subject the woman or woman should subject the man. No. He was the leader. They were to partner together to dominate the earth. Now, Satan was against this structure. And by going to the woman, he aimed to destabilize God's order. Now, let's look at what Apostle, this, I want to establish this statement, this one that I said. Apostle Paul explained why a woman should not absorb authority over the man, that is to take over the leadership. Yes? Okay? Okay? Now, the key word there, because most times we go into the, 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 the little, little, if you read in other ones, it tells you that is, um, you know, there is a scripture in, in, in First Peter that talks about that there is a great quality that God desires in a woman, that she must be with a quiet spirit. Are we together? She must be humble. Are we together? So, these are attributes again that we saw Paul saying that the woman should what? In other scriptures say she should she should learn quietly or in quiet. That it talks about calmly. You understand? And the, the key thing there is that she should not absorb authority over the man. In other words, she should not take the leadership. Are we together? So, so why, why Paul gave the reasons for this? Hallelujah. He said that that was. How God wanted it. That means the will of God, like just like we have in the church, is to have such kind of structure. We, are we together? So it's not that uh, anybody just comes into this church and do whatever he wants to do. Are we together? So there's a structure, what we call organogram. So in the order of God, God decided it. God would have chosen the woman to be the head. But he just chose the man. Just the same way God chose many different things based according to his will. Are we together? So he just decided that man just lead this thing that I want to give to you. Are we together? So, and we saw that that's the will of God. And this is, was represented in God making Adam first. And this is where I was trying to connote that, you understand? Why was Adam made first? This was communicated in the reason why Adam was created first. I mean the container of Adam before the woman. And that was the case he was saying. Please, can you read to me? I mean, read for us uh, uh, verse 13. Wait, wait, wait. So why is he saying that? The reason why the woman should not take the leadership is because, what is the meaning for? What is the meaning for? Because, that is he's saying, for the reason I have mentioned, this is the reason I'm telling you that the woman, because it's an order. He said what? 
For Adam was formed first. He was talking about the outer man. His body was formed first. So it, that formation that God gave a gap, it's already communicating that God wanted Adam to live. Are we together? Yes. Now, you can just, already we have read this scripture, so I don't want us to go back. They already know it. And carelessly, when you read this verse 14, can you read verse 14, sir? Yes. Uh-huh. Okay, now see, if you read this place carelessly, it may suggest that Eve was deceived because she was pruned to deception. You understand? More pruned to deception than Adam. Are we together? But that's not what Paul was communicating here. Paul was revealing how the serpent aimed to subvert the authority or undermine God's order. Why? By setting an agenda, that devil's agenda was to destabilize God's will and structure. So he went to the woman and not the man. Because the man was to live. So he does not want that order. So he wants to reverse the order to put the woman first. And that was why he went to the... He went to the man. So let me read this one, then we will stop. God's order was for Adam to live, but he failed. Although through Eve, sin entered the world, but Adam, the leader, he was the one that takes the responsibility. God did not call Eve who first sinned into account, but Adam. Please, let's read this place before we go. So when they sin, of course, ideally, if you have children at home and somebody misbehave, immediately you return, who do you call? You call the one that sin, or they call the one that actually misbehave. But in this case, God didn't go because he can't fall to the trap of Satan. Satan wanted it that way, that the woman should be approached. But in God's order, no, the man should be the one to lead. And that was why when God was coming to account, he first went to Adam and said, where are you? He didn't go to the woman. Yes, sir. Verse 17. Now, wait. What was his problem? He heeded to the woman to do that which God didn't, I mean, ask them not to do. That was his problem. He was to lead. He was to be the man that should lead. But he stayed by the side and he allowed the devil to talk to his wife. And now the wife gave it to him. He failed in his leadership. And that was what causes the disease. So up until today, up until today, we're going to continue. Already that was last. Then we, we just look about conclusion. Up until today, the aim of Satan is to turn God's order. Anywhere you see confusion, is the devil wanting to change God's order. 
if you see confusion in the church, is that somebody does not want the leadership God put. It happens. You remember Korah? You remember them? What was it? They don't want God's order. Is it only you? You remember Miriam? You remember uh, Aaron? What was it? There is an order. God said, you are to lead, but suddenly some people are rising. Is it only you that they said you should? No, 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 no. You see, when it comes to election of grace, there's nothing you can do. It's just the way God put it. God gives you to be a pastor. God gives you to be a prophet. Some this is, It's not because of what we have done. Adam did nothing to be the leader. Are we together? It's just the will of God on how things should, be, should, should, should work. And God knows that that should work properly. Hallelujah. When we come next, we'll just conclude the other part. Then to wrap it up, to see essentially what is the foundation of marital problems. If you get the foundation, you will know how to tackle the problem. And once you tackle the foundation, you have tackled every other thing we have discussed. All those issues we have talked about, money, sex, all those things, will never be an issue again. I tell you the truth. Can we pray? Thank you, Father. Just pray and say, Lord, thank you for your word. Thank you for your word. Thank you for your word. I bless your name because you are God. Lord, I ask you, Father, you will help me to accept your will, to live by your will, to live by your will, never to follow Satan. Your will is the best for us. Your will is the best for us. Your will is the best for us. Your will is the best for us, oh God. Your will is the best for us.